I'm leaning really far back in this chair. Am I too far away from the microphone? <laughs> I mean, I can just turn up your line. True. True. Your track. Turn up that track. I frequently have to adjust both of our tracks because we're both bad at staying <laughs> even distance from our microphones. Yeah, I've been trying. Well, sometimes. Me too, but I fail. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. 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 How are you? Eh, I'm all right. How are you? I'm okay. Did you have a good nap? I No, I couldn't fall asleep. Oh, it was still, still good to have some quiet time, though. I still like quiet time, even if I don't actually manage to fall asleep. Well, that's good. But, yeah, didn't actually... Didn't help that my mom kept texting me, and because I have an Apple Watch, text messages come through on my watch, and so my watch kept buzzing at me. <laughs> Great. And I eventually just took my watch off, because she wasn't texting yeah. me anything important. But... Like, but, yeah, when you're trying to take a nap and your watch keeps vibrating repeatedly not very conducive to napping no no i don't like that it's dark so early this is the first time that we've recorded it at close to our normal time in i don't know several weeks and it's true it's already been dark for a couple hours and i hate it it's okay every day it's getting a little lighter i know it is now but still I'm just going to bask in the darkness and cold for as long as I can. I know, weirdo. I, um, At least we we can both agree that spring and fall are delightful, though. Yes, I will yep. go with that, although fall is superior. I like spring better, <laughs> but I like Shocked. them both. <laughs> yes. So I cooked dinner right before this, uh-huh. which is probably the first time I've cooked in weeks Nice. Other than microwaving food. So that was good, but I didn't want to use more than one pan. So I sauteed some onions and broccoli, and then I sauteed my shrimp, and that was a mistake because the shrimp did not taste good after being cooked in the same pan as the broccoli. Huh. Weird, but... I mean, I think shrimp never tastes good no matter how it's prepared, but... I wouldn't think that would make a difference. That's It did. It kind of tasted like bitter broccoli. I don't know. But I mean, I could have put more stuff on it, I suppose. And in normal times, I would have dumped a bunch of soy sauce on it and just made the whole thing Mm -hmm. happy because soy sauce is wonderful. Soy sauce is wonderful. But I discovered today that at some point in the last several weeks, I must have left the soy sauce out on the counter because it's still sitting there. And I'm just ignoring it, and it is too long even for me for it to be out of the refrigerator and use. So, here we are. Probably still okay. Maybe. I didn't want to take the chance. I put some Italian dressing on instead. I mean, it's got so much salt in it that's going to kill mostly anything. And I think it's pretty acidic, too. Just not taking the chance. I'll just buy new soy sauce. Do you even have to refrigerate it? Do I refrigerate soy sauce? I think it's I don't even know. I never even really buy soy sauce. It says to on the thing. Oh, does it? I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to Google it. Do it. I'm doing it. Refrigerate soy sauce after opening. Oh, it says no on the internet on this one website. And I'm going to trust that because it confirms my joy at having soy sauce. So now you can still use that soy sauce. Yes. Yes. Oh, this one says it depends. I vote yes as long as it still smells okay and doesn't have anything growing in it. Yeah. I could just go get more, too. It doesn't matter. It's, I it mean, sounds like a lot of effort. That involves leaving your apartment, and you don't even have a car. I don't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> did you buy your e-bike? I did. <gasps> you did? I did. It's exciting. Yeah. We'll see when it gets here. I was going to say, I went to get there. They sent out the thing saying it shipped, but they also said, beware that that means it's probably going to still be several days before it leaves the facility due to backups and shipping issues. I think it blamed FedEx. I don't really care. And I also, I paid extra to have it assembled by a third party. And then nice that way yeah. I don't have to try to futz with something like that. I don't blame you. 
I usually try to assemble stuff myself, but something like that, I probably wouldn't want to. Me too. I love assembling things. If anyone has any mm-hmm. IKEA furniture, they want oh, me to I love put making together. IKEA furniture. Yeah, yes. it's so good. <laughs> I know a lot of people hate it. I love building IKEA. Me stuff. too. Me too. That's why we're friends. It is. is. (laughs) Our mutual love of Ikea. (laughs) And building Ikea furniture. Yes. (laughs) It's the only reason, even though I don't think it even existed when we met. (laughs) I for sure had no idea what it was back when we met and didn't learn about it until a long time after. No. (laughs) It was destined to be because of how much we would both eventually love Ikea furniture. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) As always, this is very relevant to today's episode. I was going to ask about your day. I've just been babbling. Oh, my day. What did I do today? I had mostly spent my day editing the podcast, actually. Uh, and then we went. We had lunch with Jeff's parents. Nice. And then I did more podcast editing and tried to nap and watched the episode. So basically, my whole day, with the exception of lunch, was mostly revolved around podcast. Sweet. What are we? Uh, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 9, Rules of Engagement. Was this the episode that you were thinking of? It was the episode I was thinking of when we were talking about it last week. Yeah, I think so, but I think I didn't have any strong feels about it. Yeah, I I couldn't remember if I liked it or not. (laughs) Yeah, that hasn't changed a whole lot for me either. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, it could be worse. There have... Oh, yeah. Obviously been episodes we both actively disliked. Yes. I'll take an episode I'm ambivalent about. Yeah. Yeah. We're on a planet that is not Earth again. Yeah. And it happens a lot in this show. Yes. And even though it is, again, woods in this wonderfully green universe, there's a big, like, moon in the background. So we know it's not the Earth. Mm -hmm. The team is walking through and they are making their way towards a camp that the UAV that they had sent through, picked up. But suddenly, there's a noise. Weapons fire. So they duck. Good course of action. Yes, yes. Teal'c recognizes it's a staff weapon. And they then move toward the noise. Sneak, sneak, sneak over to catch sight of what looks like a battle between Jaffa soldiers and SG personnel. (laughs) They are confused. For good reason. Yeah. And it looks like the Stargate team is going to be losing this fight. Sam says, pin down. Tilk says they're not returning fire. Daniel wonders if this is SG-11, a team that's been missing for, Sam says, eight months. So I have questions about this. Yes. We've actually kind of talked about this a little bit before, but like when SG-1 has been missing, we see all kinds of stuff happening on the base where they're looking for them and like not giving up until they find them. And all the other SG teams want to drop what they're doing to go find SG-1. And when SG-11 apparently disappeared eight months ago, we're only just hearing about it now. Yeah. Did anybody follow up on that? Maybe send SG-1 to try to rescue SG-11? Maybe. No? Cool. Also, was it SG Eleven the one that had that um the guy on the god guy the guy who was the SG guy who pretended he was a god who was engaged to Carter the guy who was hiding from him? Didn't he get put in charge of SG Eleven though? Well, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think that 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 wasn't the SG Eleven team, but yeah, the guy the other guy that was on that team got put in charge of SG Eleven. I think you're right about that. I'm sorry they didn't care enough to go find him. Right. Yeah, we were so happy for him when we found out he had his own team. I know. Well, sucks to be him well, now. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Jack tries to radio whoever this SG team is that they are watching, but there is no response. Jack has them sneak, sneak, sneak out down the hill, closer to the fight. Jack yells out to the people, and one of the people seems pretty young. Asks them to identify themselves. Jack identifies himself as O'Neill from SG-1. And the kid's like, which quadrant? Which is puzzling. Quite. Yeah. Jack tells them to get out of there. But then the folks that they are trying to help turn on SG-1. And there are way more of them than they thought. Popping out of holes and stuff. Peek-a-boo. Literal holes. In the yes. Ground. It was weird. <laughs> And then they shoot all of SG-1 with some sort of 
stun thing, we think, or weapons of that we are not familiar with. Yeah. They, well, they look like regular earth guns, they but they're do. shooting like little energy beams or something. Good thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> so the team goes down. They're out. Yeah. Did you notice how oddly long and slow motion this scene was? Yes, I wrote. And how out. how strangely amplified the groaning was whenever they got shot. <laughs> I did just... not note the groaning, but I did no, notice it, how slow it was. It was weird. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, there was a lot of background noise from, like, the things from guns being fired and, like, people yelling and stuff. But <laughs> anytime that someone on SG-1 got shot, it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> very weird <laughs> yeah and that's that's the opener yeah sure was <laughs> not surprisingly they are not dead wow. they all come to in a medical tent of some sort it's very convenient that anytime that they all get knocked out they also all wake up at the exact same time and are all put together that doesn't yeah. seem smart and they're all right they're always kept together too of course although i guess in the last episode o'neill woke up long enough before Carter that he could put some dirty hay in his oh, mouth. Oh, right. But, you know, <laughs> generally they're waking up within like a minute or two of each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it seems everybody's okay. They're kind of surprised that they're not dead since they all thought that they got shot. Daniel says he's got a bad headache. And so they figure that even though they looked like traditional guns, they must have been stun weapons of some sort. O'Neill even specifically says they looked like MP5s, but they can't have been otherwise they would not be alive a quite young looking soldier comes in and teases them about how they're gonna get it and sg1 has no idea what they're talking about they ask him what he's talking about and he tells them you can't talk because you're all dead (laughs) pretending not to be dead will just get you into more trouble so it was weird they had no idea what he was talking about And he's talking about how they're breaking the rules by not being dead and by talking. Daniel's like, well, we're just asking questions to try to understand if we're supposed to be dead. How are you supposed to kill us again? Because this soldier is now holding a weapon on them again, trying to get them to stop talking. The soldier calls Daniel four eyes. Daniel is insulted. Jack tells him to take it easy. When Teal'c started talking, I noticed that he was wearing makeup, which isn't abnormal because he's pretty much always wearing makeup, but it stood out to me in the opening scene that he wasn't wearing makeup like he normally would. But in this scene, he was back to wearing his normal makeup. So where did he get the makeup from? Maybe one of the things they do when you're dead is put makeup on you. (laughs) Could be. They didn't put makeup on anyone else, though. Only Teal'c has the cool eye makeup. They only had Teal'c's shade. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's a good call. It wouldn't necessarily work on the others. Everyone's everyone's got different proper colors for their makeup. That's a good point. Yeah. So anyway, the unknown, unnamed soldier says that the captain's waiting for them, so they're supposed to go and follow him. Now they have had the chance to get a closer look at the person's uniform, and they notice that it doesn't actually have an SG team number on it. It says SGX, even though there is no such thing as SGX. Jack specifies not under Hammond's control, at least. Soldier yells at them for not following him. So they do, in fact, go ahead and follow him out of the tent. They head outside and observe a bunch of people running around and climbing ropes and things, you know, that you do when you're, I guess, military training. They note that these soldiers are really children playing some kind of war game. Shall we play a game? And Sam wants to know who Jack thinks might be behind this. Is it NID? Is it Colonel Mayborn? I mean, I think those are good guesses. Maybe. I don't think any of them would actually press children into service, but who knows? Yeah. Like, they're maybe? not actual children, though. No, they're... they're like teenagers. Yeah, they do look like they're technically old enough to be in the military. How long have they been there, though? But, oh, yeah, that's a good point. They've supposedly been here for quite a while. Yeah. Although we don't know that yet. Yeah. No, yeah. Good point. Anyway, they follow this kid to a tent where there is another young man, we'll say, sitting at his desk writing. And he does not look away from his work when they come in. 
and it makes them wait a moment before he even answers. And he tells them that they're supposed to be casualties until 1400. Jack says something smart. And the kid tells him he can't talk unless he's answering direct questions by his evaluating officer. Jack wants to know if it's daylight savings or standard. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack. I'm on team. Let's get rid of daylight savings. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I'm, uh, I'm on board. And then also shift Connecticut one time zone to the east. Oh, I don't care about Just, that. I think Atlantic. Well, that would mean that in winter, then the earliest would get dark would be like five instead of four. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm sure you don't care, but I care I because I hate this time of year, as I've mentioned. I know. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the young man gets up to turn and look at Jack and asks, is that clear? Then Jack kind of smiles at that and the kid's like, is this how you behave in your quadrant, mister? And Jack like, it's Colonel, Captain. But the young kid, the kid, I don't know. This guy... <laughs> captain captain not to be confused with former captain dr samantha dr carter exactly he is like rank doesn't matter because the rules of engagement are supreme and he quotes a rule about shooting unauthorized people on sight and he tells them they ruined their his ambush and jacks to sam is like what's he talking about like she would know Right. <laughs> but Teal'c recognizes what's going on immediately, apparently. Yes, he yes. does know those yes. rules. <laughs> and he says, Kelvak Jaffa. And the kid kind of freezes and is like, you're not from D Quadrant or wherever. He says that Teal'c came through the Chapa Eye. And this is a challenge. And apparently he was supposed to say Stargate. He did fail. And he apologizes because they've gone so long without any challenges to this Master Jaffa. And he hands over his weapon to Teal'c and tells him he can execute him for the remainder of the day. And then the other kid who's with him does the same and hands his gun to Jack. And Jack has a look at the gun and suggests to Teal'c that they spare them this time. And Teal'c says very well underling to Jack. <laughs> That was pretty great. <laughs> Teal'c then asks this kid, whose name is Kyle, for his full name and rank. Blah, blah, blah. Conjurer. He's the commander of this unit. Kyle Rogers, who cares, is his Earth name. That's a weird name, Kyle Rogers, who cares. I know. I, I don't know what his whoever named him his earth name is thinking is there a question mark as the at the end or is that a statement like is is his name kyle rogers who cares or is his name kyle rogers who cares <laughs> i think it's declarative i think it is not a question okay. mark yeah. All right. he tells tilk that their orders that were left for him are that they are to continue practicing their battles according to the rules of engagement until apophis returns so that's fun wouldn't you think that one of the first things that they would be taught would be who Teal'c is and who the people on SG-1 are? So when they start calling by each other by their real names, shouldn't they be like, oh, shit. I would have thought this so. This is SG-1. We've been warned about them. Maybe they're not important enough to get that information. I don't maybe. know. Yeah. <laughs> but they're supposed to be famous, according to Eris Bach. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. who. Where did these kids come from? We never find out. So It's true true jack tells him don't hold a breath or at least he mutters that <laughs> sam wants to know as an sg team and kyle's like yes that way we can know our enemy and i know a lot about earth and he's like corn and cotton are indigenous to north america and that has been fun facts with kyle <laughs> It's really random he seemed really proud of that too he did <laughs> He tells them he will not make this mistake again. They will be ready to infiltrate the Tauri. Daniel asks about the Jaffa they had seen. And Kyle tells them that that guy who leads them is his second in command, Captain Nelson. And they keep the Jaffa practice people separate from the Earth practice people so that the Earth practice people are more careful in their 
keeping their act up. There we go. (laughs) And then he asks, should he send for Nelson? And Daniel's like, nah. But then Teal'c's like, yes. And Daniel's like, yes. (laughs) Kyle sends the other kid who's there off. While Jack asks for their weapons, and then Kyle leads them off. So interesting. So fascinating. Yes. Outside, they're walking through the camp. They're being led by Captain Rogers, but the team is talking about how none of them seem to have symbiote pouches. Gross, but good that they don't have them, but I still hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Tilk mentions that before Apophis requested asylum... There were still a few Jaffa remaining loyal to him, and maybe they were drafting ordinary humans kind of as a last resort. Tilk did say that it's common practice to use humans as fodder when lacking in proper Jaffa forces. They get to a tent and go inside. This tent is full of all different kinds of weapons, so they take a look through for their own. As they're looking, Jack asks about the rules of engagement and he just gives them a little bit more information about how the code of battle that is taught to a young Jaffa during training and the the rules were spoken by Apophis himself and so they're pretty highly regarded it seems they take a closer look at the fake guns from before and Tilk calls them intars which (laughs) Jack asks what's that short for and Tilk says intar so it's not an intar nicotel Uh, no, it is not. <laughs> other thing was that he said last thing. This type of weapon is used for training and it only stuns. It's not meant to be killed and it can be identified because there's a special red crystal on each one to differentiate it between real weapons. So as they continue looking, they realize that a couple of their weapons are there, but some of them are not. Now it seems that there are some of these fake soldiers out in the field playing with what are supposed to be fake weapons, but that are, unfortunately, actual weapons instead. Jack tells Sam to keep looking, and he and Teal'c head out to see if they can find the weapons elsewhere. They go see Captain Rogers, which I just realized that if we call him Captain Rogers, we can also pretend he's Captain America. I was actually just thinking (laughs) Captain Rogers. Yes. (laughs) But I also like calling him Kyle. I don't know. (laughs) I like both. Anyway, (laughs) they go see Kyle Captain Rogers. Kyle America. (laughs) Kyle America. Yes. I mean, he does know all those fun facts about North America. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Does Captain America know about corn and wheat? I I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. But Kyle America, when they ask after their weapons, says that they were returned to the tent. But then Teal asks for a vocum? Vocum? Yeah, vocum. Vocum? Yeah. Teal asks for a vocum. Unlike me... Captain Kyle America knows exactly what that is. <laughs> and Teal'c tells him to use it. So Kyle runs off. Teal'c explains to Jack that he is going to have him assemble the troops for inspection, which will emphasize their authority. He brings out a very fancy looking magic eight ball on legs. <laughs> I noticed it was totally another magic eight ball. <laughs> He puts it down on the ground. It shoots out a fiery beam into the air and then creates a giant Apophis hologram, (laughs) which gathers the kids together. (laughs) Sure does. (laughs) Just a huge hunk in Apophis. It is a huge hunk in Apophis. (laughs) Jeff happened to be in the room with me again while I was watching this episode. And he's like, does your transcript literally say that? And I was like, yep, honking. everything. (laughs) Sure does. Sure does. Started talking. Tells them to listen to the person who put out the Volcum thing. Meanwhile, Daniel and Sam come out alarmed. (laughs) But (laughs) Teal'c's like, this is no big deal. It's fine. And then they do their inspection. Kyle gets them all lined up. I'm sorry. Kyle America gets them all lined (laughs) up. Teal'c orders them ready their weapons for inspection. And he walks slowly down one of... I feel like there's more than one line of people, but they really only Mm. go down the first one. 
Jack's kind of following along too. One of the people who has come to muster, <laughs> sure, is the second in command. I already forgot his name. Nelson. There we go. Yeah, he's dressed as a Jaffa. He's the only one who's there who's dressed as a Jaffa. Yeah. Kyle America introduces Nelson to them. Jack would like to address the kids at this point. So Teal'c tells everyone that Jack is much loved by Apophis. <laughs> and then Jack gets the chance to speak. He tells them they're doing a wonderful job, but the invasion of the Towery has been canceled due to, uh, uh, couldn't think of anything better than rain. <laughs> Which, yeah, that tracks. That would make sense yeah. for a space battle. <laughs> for some reason, you know, they didn't seem like they just bought that. Yeah. Yeah. It's raining it, on the entire planet and also in space around the planet. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's raining men. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's raining men. There might be a lot of men. I don't know. This seems like all boys in this case. I mean, so. we've only, yeah, yeah, we've only seen what what seems to be males. Yeah. Even among the gold, there's only been a handful of women. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Also, I did notice that Apophis, uh, when he was telling everyone to gather, says was referring to the person that was holding the vocume as he and listen to him. So Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. I was like, what if it's a she or a they? But yeah, he didn't. He didn't care. Yeah. I cared. No, you care. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jack tells them the war games are over now and they can go home. And Nelson's like, uh, uh, sir? Jack's like, yeah, time to quit fighting. And Nelson's like, you speak more like a Tawiri than a Jaffa warrior. And Jack's like, thanks, who taught you? And Nelson's like, you would already know that if you are who you say you are. So there. (laughs) Jack says he's ordering them to recall their men from the field. And Nelson starts, like, reciting regulations from the rules of engagement to Jack. And Jack's like, that's the old Article 7. Teal'c has given him a one eyebrow up at this because what? <laughs> yeah. Jack's not really doing a good convincing job. No. No, he's not. He didn't even yeah. try. Come on, no. dude. What maybe, are you doing? Maybe, right. Maybe just let Teal'c do the talking yeah. here. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Back in the armory tent, they are continuing to look through the intars to see if they can find any more real weapons that maybe they missed on their first search through but they're not having any luck sam calls into jack and says that all they've got so far is one nine millimeter and one of the mp5s that they came in there with so tilk staff weapon and many other weapons are missing still that's bad yeah back out with jack and tilk and everybody else jack tells her to keep looking tilk is speaking to Kyle America and says that he requires all of Quadrant A to be assembled, including those engaged in the games. But this is against the rules. Tilk yells immediately, but Captain Kyle America still tries to protest, but Tilk asks, do you wish to be punished? So Kyle America says he will not fail his challenge a second time, and he's going to do what Master Tilk asks him to do. Tilk tells the warriors of Apophis to hear him and that he hates to be the bearer of bad news, but not really. I'm sure he loves to tell them this, in fact. He says Apophis has been slain in battle with his enemies. Everybody kind of looks around, but doesn't really react a whole lot. Kyle America says Apophis is a god and gods can't die, so they're not so convinced that Tilk is telling the truth here. Yeah, he's not any better at this than Jack. No, he's like, really not, apparently. What are they doing? <laughs> anyway. Yep. Yep. Nelson specifies that anyone that would say that Apophis could be killed is either testing them or a traitor. So he's kind of challenging them to identify which one of those two things they are. Yep. Kyle America dismisses everybody and says that, yeah, we've passed your challenge because we don't believe you. So uh, now we're going to go back to our games. <laughs> Tilk tells Jack that Apophis lived for thousands of years, so he might as well have just told him that the sun will never rise again. And Jack says, well, it might not for some of them if they don't wise up. What a downer. Jeez, yeah, Jack. Right? I mean, to be fair, there are <laughs> there true. are secret real weapons out there now mixed that in with true. the fake ones. That is true. So, yeah. Yeah. Back inside the weapons tent, Sam is pointing one at... A kid is... Which kid is this? 
This was this the kid we who don't was have assisting? his name, but it was the same kid from before yeah. not that brought them to see Kyle America. Kyle America. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jack and Teal come in. The kid says he's just trying to get a weapon so he can get into the game. He's late. Sam uh, recounts the unaccounted for weapons, which I didn't write any specifics down. One uh, MP5 Tilk staff weapon and two nine millimeters. So yeah. I guess they found a few more. Yeah. So still not great. But then there's a a horn sound, <laughs> which means that the soldiers out there need reinforcements. Jack's like, the game's canceled. And the kid's like, you can't do that. And then Jack takes Sam's weapon and just shoots the kid with the <laughs> At the moment, she is holding a fake... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's holding a fake weapon, not one of the real ones. No. And then hands out a bunch of them to the rest of the team. Out in the woods, SG-1 and Kyle America are making their way through. They find a dead body, unfortunately. They realize that he's got a wound from an actual staff weapon. Sam checks for his pulse despite the fact that his body is actively smoking and there's no way that he could possibly be alive. She then confirms that he is dead. Someone starts firing on them with what they realize is a real staff weapon. So they all take cover. There's a firefight and Kyle America is shot. As he's laying there bleeding, he asks if he's displeased Apophis, but Daniel says he hasn't until tells the kid that Apophis would be very proud. When he realizes that he's bleeding, Kyle America says that this must be the final challenge because blood has been drawn. There's the juice. And Nelson comes up and asks what happens and is told it's the final challenge because look, I'm bleeding. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Cool. Jack wants to know what they're talking about. Final challenge until it's a day in a warrior's training when first blood is shed and the games become real. So that explains why they were so happy that the kid was bleeding. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is wrong with them? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Oh, okay. Yeah, blood. Yeah. Yep. Death. Yeah. <laughs> what a horrible way to live. Right? I'm just like Absolutely. thinking about living with people and knowing them really well, and then you have to go kill each other. Yeah. Anyway. That's Which, I mean, I guess that's also like, real war right to a certain extent in some areas yeah 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 just i mean it's horrible anyway yeah 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 jaffa training is horrible actual war is horrible yeah also why is kyle america getting shot considered to be the first blood and not the actual dead person maybe they didn't notice the dead person i don't know know? i mean sam (laughs) had stopped there i thought they were all gathered around right i don't know the other people they only cared about kyle america because he's the leader i'd be i guess yeah back in the camp all of the weapons got returned and Sam found their missing real ones. Yay. Yay. <laughs> How many other people died? I mean, like, That's I would think at least question. a few other ones are probably still out there now dead because yeah. of the real weapons being fired. Who knows? But as far as we know, there's just the one. Let's yeah. hope it's just the one. I hope so. In the, I want to say, infirmary tent? Yes. Someone is dressing Kyle America's wound. Nelson assures them, don't worry, Apophis will save him. And Daniel's like, actually, no, there's nothing anybody can do here. If he stays here, he's probably going to die. So maybe we should, Jack says, take him with us. And Nelson's like, you can't. And Jack's like, for crying out loud, because that's that's a Jack. (laughs) Nelson elaborates that there is no entry or exit of this sector, regardless of wounds. Before the final challenge is complete. And Kyle says that Apophis would be disappointed if they made any exceptions for him. But then Daniel's like, oh, actually, we're going to bring you right to Apophis himself. And that will prove you guys are ready for the final challenge. And if we don't, it'll prove you failed our test. And he'll never come back. Yeah. So Kyle America agrees to go. And he shakes hands with Nelson. Nelson tells him to make them proud. Yep. In the gate room on Earth, they have made it back. I hope it wasn't seven kilometers or ten miles. <laughs> I hope not. The gate and the camp, but Carrying they didn't actually him. say in yeah. this episode. 
Yes, I know that seven kilometers and ten miles are not the same thing. I'm referring to two different episodes with that. <laughs> Jack goes through the gate and calls for a medical team. Hammond is very surprised and wants to know what's happening. Kyle America addresses him as my lord. <laughs> and Jack's like, nah, we just call him General Hammond. <laughs> So Kyle wants to know where Apophis is, and they tell him, no, he's not here. Sorry. Dr. Frazier gets there. Kyle America starts freaking out because he realizes that they tricked him. I don't know why he just assumed that they tricked him. I would have probably assumed, all right, well, I guess he's in a meeting or busy and will come see me later. Yeah. But and this was he like- right away jumps to, you're all liars and traitors, yeah. and he's struggling and says that they're all going to be punished and Apophis is going to avenge him. And Frasier uh, is now also like, who the hell is this person? <laughs> so Hammond and Frasier are still both confused as to who this kid is, why he's there. And Jack clarifies that his name is Kyle Rogers America and that despite his appearance, he is not actually SGC, which you would think that at least Hammond should know that. You'd think Frazier, you'd think they should both know that, yeah. actually. Anyway, Frazier doesn't really care because to her, a patient is a patient. So she says, let's get him to the infirmary. And he continues yelling the entire way. Hammond tells Jack that he wants to debrief ASAP. And so Jack says, yes, yes my, my lord. lord. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh a lot. It was really funny. <laughs> In the conference room, they've laid out some weapons on the table. Apparently, they took back extra weapons because it turns out these are yeah. the int, 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 intar? Intars. Yes, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, they took some of the fake ones. Yeah. Hammond's asking about this final challenge. And Teal'c says it usually involves actual staff weapons and is basically a fight to the death. Only the strong who prevail are going to then be honored by becoming part of Apophis's uh, army. Yep. Yeah. Jack doesn't understand how this final battle will happen if they don't have real weapons. Teal says they are a pretty determined group of kids. They've been long abandoned, but keep going. So they're resourceful as well. And Sam points out that the final challenge can happen with or without weapons. Daniel adds the same thing. They really need to start killing each other. They don't need guns. Sam and Daniel conclude they are responsible for this and they need to go back. And Jack's like, yeah, we need to go back with a team of shrinks. These kids are out there. <laughs> yeah. These yeah, yeah. kids have had a rough go. They have. Hammond would like more information before allowing them back to the planet. So Jack offers to talk to Kyle America. In the infirmary. Frasier tells Jack that Kyle America won't eat, won't speak, just keeps calling her a shulfa. Jack's like, oh, you must be doing a good job. Apparently the kid's doing okay. He doesn't have any major injuries despite all the blood that we were seeing in that last scene. So he's fine physically, but emotionally is another story, she says. And he's extremely angry. Jack goes over and decides to give it a go. He takes the food off of Roger's tray and starts eating his sandwich. <laughs> so that's pretty rude. <laughs> and as he's eating it, he says, Doc Frazier says you're not eating. Kyle America says, oh, it's because it's poison. Jack's like, well, it's hospital food. Of course it's poison. <laughs> Is it any different than the food they get in their, like, cafeteria? Really? I can't imagine anyway. that it would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then Jack specifies, mm, true. <laughs> <laughs> Was he intentionally trying to pull a Homer Simpson there? I think he was. Yeah, it was It was very amusing. Yeah. At least he didn't go, ah. Yes. <laughs> Fair. Then there would be no question, I suppose. Yeah. Kyle America tells him to go to Sokar, but Jack corrects him as go to hell, actually, if you want to be accurate about it. But also, that's a rude thing to say to a person offering you a sandwich. But he's not offering him a sandwich. He's eating the he's sandwich. He's eating it, yeah. They go back and forth about how Kyle America is pretty sure that they're going to try to get information from him. And so they can just go ahead and start torturing him. And Jack's like, whatever, just eat this food. Tuna torture is not... <laughs> really thing so maybe eat the sandwich <laughs> did you notice how oddly lit this scene was it seemed really dark to me but i didn't yeah and any, also like... it, the whole scene was oddly dark like 
Jack was really brightly lit and then behind him was dark, but Kyle America himself was especially strangely lit. He had like a small spotlight on him that lit up just the left side of his face. And then everything from the neck down and the entire right side of his face was all in darkness. It was very bizarre. Maybe that's why I couldn't figure out when Jack like thrust the plate under him that there was actually anything on it. It was just kind of shiny. Yeah, because you couldn't see anything on it. So I think that's why that stood out to me here too because yeah he was waving the plate around and i'm like is there stuff on that it was very yeah. very strangely lit scene yeah but apparently there was food on it and kyle america does give in and decide to at least eat the half of the sandwich that's left and they go and reiterate all of the stuff that tilk said about the final challenge jack again tries to explain that apophis is dead and kyle america again tries to argue that gods cannot die and says that Apophis can speak, then he cannot be dead. Did they not know that the vocum thing was a recorder, though? I don't know. Like, did he literally think that Apophis was just appearing, making a statement, and then going away again every time they used it to gather the troops together? I don't know. Uh, weird. Yeah. But yeah, that was it for that scene. So, yeah, they're going to offer proof. Mm-hmm. And they're going to offer proof in the form of a home movie, which I assume they all gather and watch about every month <laughs> of the death of Apophis. Yep. It's like, this is great, guys. Feel good movie yep. of the year. Right. And we're still going into this like Apophis is actually dead on the assumption that he's actually dead, even though Martooth told us that nah, he'll be brought back and tortured. It's fine. Yeah. So I feel like at this point, they've just deliberately blocked that out. And this is just wishful thinking. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So they they gather together. (laughs) They they do. They gather together for this ritual viewing of the death of Apophis and include Kyle America this time. Before they actually start showing it, they like keep explaining what he's going to see. Yeah. Like, if that's going to change anything. Right. Kyle doesn't believe him, but Jack's like, let's have a look. So they play the video of Apophis being afraid and dying. And Kyle looks pretty disturbed through this. And then when it ends, Kyle's like, this is magic. Jack's like, no, it's not magic. We were there. But then Kyle immediately accepts that this is true. Which if he is that if he were really from America, he would have said fake news and gone to his own news source (laughs) for this. But instead, he's like, yeah, okay, it's true. Teal confirms. And then Kyle America's like, what are you going to do with us? And Sam's like, nothing. We want to help you. And Jack's like, you can go home. War's over, but Kyle warns them the war is not over because the final challenge is going to begin and a lot of people are going to die for Apophis. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So the scene ends with them showing Apophis on the screen dead. And at first I thought that it was paused, but then I noticed that in the upper right corner, there was a counter still running. Oh. So like on the TV, he had died before they started having this whole extra conversation that you just described. And so the video is still playing. How long did the camera just stay fixed on Apophis's face after he died? Um, I'm thinking like movie length so that they could have their movie nights where they're all just (laughs) watching this. Sitting around staring at his dead face. Ding dong, Apophis is dead. Eating their popcorn for like an hour. Yep. Like, oh, nope, how great dead. was Not this? getting any deader. Nope. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Very weird. Later on in the debriefing room, apparently Kyle America is feeling better. And so they are debriefing him. Hammond asks what his real name is. And of course it is Kyle America. Or Ruffian. I don't even whatever. know how to like pronounce that. My true name is Rafi Abdesi, sir. Or something else that I can't even pronounce, so I'm just going to keep going with Kyle America. You and Jack, peas in a pod. Right? I know. So they decide they're going to just keep calling him Kyle because he's fine with that. He likes the name Kyle, and it's easier for everyone to say than the name (laughs) that Kathy and I also can't say. Rafi Abdesi. Hammond asks how long they'd been on that planet, and they were brought there five cycles ago. Whatever, whatever that is, that means maybe yeah. it was five days know. ago. It, was, it could be five days ago. Yeah, who knows? Is it sun like yeah, is it solar like sun cycles or like is that a year? Is that a season? Who knows? Don't know. Yeah, 
they figured that that's right after they blew up Apophis's ship. So I guess it wasn't just five days ago, but yeah. also couldn't have been five years ago either. So True. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. But like a year or so. Yeah. Yeah? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. And it's been like a year as far as the show is concerned, but I don't know if like a year of... Yeah, I don't know. Time what, that we're watching this show is supposed to actually be equivalent to a year. Who knows? In the Stargate universe. Whatever the five cycles are. Anyway, it's yeah. five cycles. Yes. You know, five cycles. Exactly. Yeah. Kyle continues to explain that they had Jaffa warriors with them, at least in the beginning, and they were taught by the Jaffa warriors. And then they captured SG-11, and SG-11 was forced to teach them. And I was wondering why SG-11 would be going along with any of that i mean like yeah i'm I'm sure that there was like torture and stuff but like why would they be telling them the truth about how sg culture and american culture actually i don't know instead i mean like they could be telling him all about like dingle hoppers and snarf flats and nobody's gonna know the difference so why would they tell the truth corn and cotton is pretty ridiculous too so (laughs) that's true true too yeah maybe it was just like all useless facts like corn and cotton That is, uh, as Jack pointed out, not really going to be all that helpful for saving your life. (laughs) So SG-11 just ended up dead (laughs) at some point. Nobody really knows why. And the Jaffa masters got called away one by one because there was a big, important battle happening. And when I say that nobody knows why, it was heavily implied that the SG-11 team was just murdered. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, no, they're dead. Guess mystery. Probably, probably they were killed. RSVP, Connor. <laughs> yes. Well, I liked Connor, though. I know. <laughs> yeah. You do. Mm. Yep. Kyle America says that before the last of their Jaffa masters left, he showed him and Captain Nelson a cave that's got all kinds of actual weapons in it that were intended for the final challenge. So they don't just have the fake weapons that were in the tent, but there's this whole reserve of real weapons in a cave. He says that they're MP5s, like your own. And he told us that we might need them someday, not just for our final challenge, but to also destroy you. He wants to go back to the planet to tell his people what he's seen and to try to stop everything that's happening over there. But Daniel's like, well, they're not going to believe you the same way that you didn't believe us. And Kyle America's like, but they're under my command. So long story short, Carter has an idea. They are going to put their own recording image on to the vacuum. I really liked how she credited Jack with the idea. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Let's talk about that more. She asked if the vacuum is capable of recording other images. And Jack's basically like, who cares? And Sam's like, no, you know where I'm going with this. He's like, nope, don't have a clue. So they're going to put the image of Apophis dying onto the vacuum. And it looks like I believe O'Neill's solution could be successful. <laughs> Jack looks around like, uh, yeah. Jack's like, what's happening? Idea. <laughs> Why am I getting credit for this? <laughs> yep. Yep. And Hammond's like, in the middle of a battlefield, you want to combine alien technology with our own? I don't know why he was so incensed by this. It was oh, weird. No. Aren't they, like, pretty much always doing that at this point? Probably. Yeah. So Sam is sure that it really can't be that difficult to figure out how to put videotape images onto a vacuum alien technology <laughs> magic eight ball. So she's going to go work on that. And they're going to have some intars so they can shoot first and ask questions later if anyone tries to stop them. <laughs> Good time. Kyle America asks for permission to go and join them. Jack seconds Kyle's request because he's... They are his men, Kyle's men. And so Hammond nods assent. Yeah, Jack said okay, so what was he going to do? Yeah, right, exactly. Also, hard cut end of that scene. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stop noting these at some point, but just sometimes it's just so abrupt. Exactly, and sometimes it's in such an odd place, too, like when it's a hard cut back to the same scene. (laughs) 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 Or like in the middle of a conversation sometimes. The team is ready to head out. They are walking towards the gate room. This scene was also oddly lit because they were all backlit. Yeah. As they were walking down the hall. It was also hard to see them because they all had face paint on. Right. Yeah. So their faces are dark because they're backlit. And then also they've got face paint (laughs) on. So this is weird. Look who are these people. I don't know. They could be anyone. 
Yeah. Did all the actors actually have the day off? So these were just their like stunt doubles or something? <laughs> Maybe. And they're like, well, let's just put them in shadows and no one will even know. And we'll just do a dub voiceover thing. <laughs> Kyle America is explaining to Jack as they walk again about how the final battle will actually go down. Basically, they're all going to be wearing SG uniforms. But there's one group of defenders and there's one group of attackers. And there's more attackers than defenders. And then Jack is like, we're going to be defenders to buy everyone time. And yeah. So then he he says, is everyone clear, Daniel? And Daniel's like, what? <laughs> Looking around like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Jack says, good. Jack orders Sam to watch Kyle like a hawk. And Hammond gives everyone the go-ahead, and they go through the gate, but we don't see that. We just watch Hammond watch them go through the gate. Yep. Yeah. On the alien planet again, SG-1 and Kyle America make their way through the forest. There's gunfire off in the distance, and somebody starts firing on them. Kyle America runs down the path, and Jack is pissed because he told him to stay with Carter. And he's like, but I was just trying to draw their fire. So Jack continues to yell at him, and then he punches him in the head. I mean, he's wearing a helmet, so it didn't really hurt him, but it was still weird. I haven't seen Jack that mad, I don't think, before. Yeah, he was really pissed. Uh, And so when he was yelling, he was emphasizing that Kyle America needs to listen to every single word that Jack tells him without question and obey every single command, or else he's going to shoot Kyle America himself. They make their way to the military camp, and I thought it was actually an interesting scene where they panned through the camp, and they had a close-up of, like, each of the SG team members hiding behind tents, but then also, like, between tents, they would kind of zoom in on the background and what was happening behind, you know, on the other side of the tents. I thought it was a cool scene. Yeah. 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 Kyle America kind of, like, runs through a tent and then steps out behind somebody, one of the fake soldiers, and asks him for a report and that fake soldier is surprised to see that Kyle America is back now and he's like well I'm here with some wonderful news from Apophis and it's great everything's cool but then SG-1 shoots the <laughs> shoots the kid that Kyle America was talking to <laughs> and everyone else <laughs> and also all of the other people that were also around yes <laughs> that's right I forgot there actually were a bunch of other people there weren't there yeah yes. yep. sure were so they go get the vacuum. Sam's got to do her technological hacking magic stuff to upload the image. SG three quarters goes and tries to buy her some time, essentially. So they're taking fire and firing back and trying to basically just keep them away from Sam while she does her science stuff. In the tent, Tilk is getting impatient, which is pretty surprising for him. Yeah. And he asks Carter if the thing is ready and she's like nope nope give me a second there's more footage outside of firefight Jack is also getting impatient and radios to Sam anytime Tilk asks her what is the delay and Sam's like you can't just combine gold technology with ours at the snap of a finger obviously but that's what she told them she could do that is exactly what she told them that she could do yes so it's something about having to match frequencies, of course. And by matching frequencies, they mean that there are these little 3D wave images that she needs to match up perfectly somehow. Because I'm sure that's how the technology really works. Probably. But that's what she's looking at on her screen. Two separate views of 3D wave diagrams. Back outside, there are explosions. And Jack is like, what the hell is happening? Kyle America's like, it's mortars. Jack's like, excuse me? <laughs> what else do they have in there and apparently it's various things like stingers and m60s and m72s and jack's like and you're just telling me this now (laughs) so he's pissed because he was basically just told that there were some guns in there and you know not long-range weapons and (laughs) explosives calls back to sam and tries to get her to speed up the process finally she is successful playing whatever game this is on that monitor it's showing the two separate 3d wavy patterns and then the two overlap and combine into one 3d wavy pattern and then she's like i got it i can only assume that this must be how it actually works so when i'm done recording here i'm gonna go see if i can get this to work with my mac and my pc (laughs) and i'll just need to figure out where the show two 3d wavy patterns so i can sync two different operating systems button is (laughs) 
You should do that. <laughs> Shin. Yes. <laughs> Giant Apophis appears, tells them to, again, listen to the person with the vulcum. The kids start gathering. It seems like a pretty large group. The, probably some of them are still unconscious, but I don't know how long those zappy blasts actually last. I don't know. <laughs> Just the right amount of time. Because I was going to say, otherwise, good thing they didn't shoot literally everyone. Because then no <laughs> one would be there to listen to the message. True. But anyway... Even if they had shot literally everyone, they would all wake up at just the right time. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Kyle America tells them they need to listen to this message from Apophis himself. And Nelson's like, this is against the rules. (laughs) Because they're really into rules on this planet. They really are. I get it. I'm definitely a rule person. I have noticed. But (laughs) you sure are. (laughs) I sure am. (laughs) But this seems like something you might, you know, be like, Maybe we make an exception. Right. So yeah. Kyle Kyle tells them to listen. And I think Jack says that too. <laughs> yeah. So they both tell Nelson to listen before anyone else gets hurt. Nelson is still objecting that this is a challenge to the death. But then he looks up before the image of Apophis appears. But anyway, he looks up and we all watch Apophis die in the sky. They should start going here for their movies. Right? Yeah. Yeah, this is way more epic than just the tiny little monitor. And Nelson is like, he's a god. It cannot be so. Kyle America's like, it is so. And everyone there gets shocked face. Yep. They don't know what they're doing. Nelson's like, what are we going to do now? Where will we go? Kyle's like, we're going to go home. And then the kids just start to walk away. And that is <laughs> just everyone wanders off. The end of the episode. <laughs> Disperse with no no discussion. Like <laughs> neither Nelson nor Kyle America, the leaders, they don't give any kind of a speech or orders. Just <laughs> even if they had just stood around, but they all started to leave. Yeah. What the hell? They're just like, all right. <laughs> oh shit! The god that I've been worshiping my whole life is dead. All right. Bye. I'm gonna go over here now. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Nice working with you guys. Have a nice life. That was it. Yep. Kathy, did you like the episode? I know that you said that you're ambivalent, so I don't know why I'm even bothering to ask, but what are your additional thoughts on the episode? I mean, it was fine. It had some very funny moments and but there is some weirdness. I can't buy how fast they all accepted this at the end. No. It's so unbelievable to me that it sort of like dampens the episode. Yeah. Because I think that we all know that it is extremely hard to change anyone's strongly held beliefs that even yes. in the face of <laughs> contradictory knowledge, yeah. yeah, it's really hard people to get people to accept. Wanna... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's sort of like, that just kind of did it for me. Mm-hmm. But also like... What is this plan? Were they really going to, like, sneak onto Earth? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) How about you? Yeah, well, I was wondering, like, did they intentionally take inspiration from World War II on this episode? Which I thought was weird because, like, the, the Germans actually did have these programs where they were, like, training their soldiers to become American, essentially. They were teaching them to speak American, uh, speak American, <laughs> idiot, <laughs> speak English so perfectly with an American accent so that they would be indistinguishable from oh. an American citizen. And then they were going to try to use them to infiltrate the country that way. I think there are other TV shows and movies in which that's a scenario as well, but I didn't realize it was a World War II thing either. So yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then also the fact that like they're here like preparing for this war and fighting these battles long after the actual war has ended is also a thing that happened during World War II. I forget the name of the island, but there was one island, I think in the South Pacific, where there was actually a a very few Japanese soldiers remaining behind in the woods, and they thought that they were still fighting a war. And so they continued hiding, and um, supposedly people eventually did try to come out and tell them that the war was over, but they could never be convinced. Yikes. Eventually, I think most of them died, and one of them, I think, did finally come out of the woods. Not even all that long ago. He'd been in there for, like, 40 years. But, again, the the war was long over, but because they had lost contact with their higher-ups, 
they didn't know. And so this reminded me of that. And I thought that it was just weird. I was wondering if it was intentional or not. They might have been. Could be. And then, yeah, the ending, (laughs) I I completely agree with what you said about everyone being convinced way too easily that Apophis was dead. And then as we were already talking about at the end with, they're just like, all right, I'm going to go over here now. And they just all wander off. That was just, just bizarre. Yeah. So (laughs) those are my thoughts. I didn't dislike it. It was fine. I just thought it was a weird episode, but there were a lot of funny parts to it too. So it was entertaining at least. Agreed. Oh, what's next? I'm like, what do we do now? Right. <laughs> we talk about what we're watching next. Next, we are watching Stargate SG-1, Season 3, Episode 10, Forever in a Day. We're in double digits. I know. What? What? The Netflix says, during a rescue of captured Abedonians, Jackson sees his wife, Sharae, watching the activity from a tent. Sharae is actually the gold Aminette. That <laughs> tells you literally nothing. That's so helpful. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix. God, didn't know that. Spoilers. Jeez. Wow. The booklet says, during a rescue of captured Abedonians, Daniel finds his missing wife, Sharae. So far, so good. Same. Mm-hmm. But instead of greeting him... Wow, that's super spoiler. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> wow, okay. Just, and it goes on from there. Holy shit. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Kathy and I have decided to skip the booklet description because it's just... So oddly spoilery. So sorry for wow. the complete non-description of this episode. Yeah. So yeah. So enjoy the completely useless description from Netflix. <laughs> what? She's a gold. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Emmanette, you say? That's a pretty I name. Know. Is it French? <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Anything else? (laughs) No, I think that's about it. All right. Good times. Yeah. Good times. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure you've subscribed to us on your podcatcher of choice so that you can get our episodes as soon as they're released every Monday. If you want to get your episodes even earlier than Monday, you can join us on patreon.com slash stargazing. Changing up the order of things today to make it exciting. Oh, my God. (laughs) Then you might get them anywhere from Thursday through Sunday, depending on how on top of things I happen to be that week. (laughs) You can also find us on YouTube. Reviews and likes are very greatly appreciated because they help other people to find the podcast. And word of mouth is also fantastic for that, too. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so through patreon.com slash stargazing or through our website at stargazing.space. And you can, of course, email us at stargazing at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are stargazing at both of those places. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargazing the End the end. Jack Somebody is pooped pissed. in here. What's that? It. Sorry, it smells like cat poop. Somebody pooped while I was doing not this. Not me. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was <laughs> so accusatory. I'm not even in your well, apartment. It smells Kathy. really bad now. <laughs> Do you need to pause? No, it's recording. fine. Damn cats. There are, there are so many rooms with litter boxes. Why do they choose this one while I'm in here? I mean, I know how awful cat poops can be because potatoes do smell up the entire apartment. <laughs> it's fine. Even though she's only got them in one room. I'll get through. I'm just mad. Sorry about that. I totally interrupted you. <laughs> Quite all right. Damn cats. Anybody want cats? No. Uh, yeah, you, well, take my, take oh, my we got, cat first. We my, have four old cats wait, up for grabs. Two. My cat is less broken than Kathy's cats. That's true. She's still broken, and she's got thyroid issues, and she's uh, an idiot. But <laughs> And, and to, to, to be fair, though, Mary, they hate their cat, so 
Yeah. We, really... we actively dislike her. We don't yeah. hate her. We just actively dislike her. <laughs> because apparently she's terrible, but I never experienced this, so... That's because you don't live here, but she is terrible. <laughs> Which... I'm just making She's all cute and worse. Yeah, whenever you're here, she's like, oh, look at me. I'm so cute. And look at my thumbs. I'm an adorable <laughs> kitty. Then as soon as you guys leave, it's like three o'clock in the morning. Meow. Hello. I'm going to play with this thing loudly. It's 3 a.m. Okay, I guess I'll let you go back to sleep. Now it's 5 a.m. and I want breakfast. <laughs> look, while you were sleeping, I ate all your toilet paper. Like this entire package of it. That's fair. Take Mary's cat first, because I'd actually be sad if mine were gone. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time that uh, during at the beginning of the pandemic, when there was the toilet paper shortage, she <laughs> ate a bunch of our toilet paper, and we were like, no! <laughs> I mean, she's always had a thing for toilet paper, but like, she hadn't eaten any in a pretty long time and then all of a sudden like right at the start of the pandemic when it was impossible to find she's like "Ooh, you know what i'm gonna start doing again eating all the toilet paper in the closet <laughs> oh my god uh, i forgot about having to like find out where toilet paper was going to be delivered and waiting in line to buy some jesus okay yeah sorry yeah Ooh, random terrible. flash nice everything's the worst yeah okay yep. that was a i'm sorry quite all where right were we? <laughs> 